Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 172 of the Food Bizways podcast. If you got last week's episode with Allie, you'll know that this week's episode is another special one. And if you didn't catch it, we'll link it in the show notes. Just like last week, this is my first official time interviewing Charlie on the podcast. We'll talk about multiple topics, like why food founders need to track their time and the ROI of their activities, what free fills are and why you'll need to plan for them, how knowing your cogs from day one can help you set yourself up for success, plus why continuing to find the audiences that love your product is critical for your brand success. We'll get started in just a moment. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. I am really excited to tell you about Retail Ready right now, a new way of joining us inside of Retail Ready. So here's the deal. I heard from enough of you that you didn't have time to watch our masterclass and that you knew that Retail Ready was the thing that was going to help you navigate our confusing world of wholesale. And you wanted an option where you could enroll on your own schedule without jumping through hoops. Okay, well, we listened and we created our Retail Ready Right Now information and enrollment page for food founders who want to skip the masterclass, who want to forgo a sales conversation, and who want to enroll within minutes. If that's you, click through to our Retail Ready Right Now option in the show notes, read through our hot take on why it's so hard for small brands to succeed in our current system, and how we're doing things differently to help producers inside of Retail Ready. Forget that classic advice of co-packing, brokers, distributors, and a race to the bottom on pricing. There's a better way, and I'm inviting you to shift our industry and your chance of success with us inside of Retail Ready. Don't forget, we are increasing the price of Retail Ready by $400 in January 2023. So join us now to lock in your 2022 pricing and lifetime access to our course, our strategic support, and our incredible community of over 1,500 brands all around the globe and in every single category inside of Retail Ready. Find that Retail Ready Right Now link in our show notes, and I hope to see you in there soon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our 172nd episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast today. My name is Gabby, and I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Food Biz Whiz and Retail Ready. If we haven't met yet, I support students inside Retail Ready by providing relevant resources for their questions, supporting around tech, and support many of the behind-the-scenes logistics here at Food Biz Whiz. So similar to how last week I interviewed Allie and heard her buyer insights and experience, this week I'm interviewing Charlie. Charlie is our amazing VP of Student Success here in Retail Ready, the founder and element of, C- of excuse me, Element Shrub, and our producer perspective in Retail Ready. Still, Charlie, I feel like that's such a short fraction of what you do. Miranda and I joke all the time about how it seems like Charlie has more than 24 hours in the day. So <laughs> can you share more about what you do? 
yes, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly wish I did. Um, and yeah, so Gabby, thank you, thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Um, I do, I do like to stay busy. That that is for sure. Uh, and I think you pretty much have it covered. I am also though the founding partner at the Fountain Inn in Georgetown in Washington D.C., which is a, a a rare spirits bar slash tasting room that we opened earlier this year. So if you are in DC, come check us out. Uh, and also a busy father of two. Um, but yeah, really, really excited to be here. Excited to be on the other side of the interview <laughs> for once. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I chatted about this, but it's, it's fun to be able to like have you guys in the hot seat for what? <laughs> for yeah. One. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, and also, I'm so jealous of anyone who's in the DMV. Like, please, guys, go ahead and try out the Fountain Inn. <laughs> We're all going to, hopefully, at some, some point, we'll go ahead and visit Charlie there. But, yeah, so, Charlie, we somehow have not really talked about this in depth before, outside of the podcast, but for, or I think, in one episode. But for newer listeners, what was your journey into CPG like, and how'd you get started? Yeah, great, great question. This this takes me back so many years of, you know. <laughs> pitching my like story over and over and over again to, <laughs> to retailers. But um, yeah, I mean, Elevin Shrub started almost, I guess, nine years ago, actually almost Ooh. to the, to the date um, when sort of two worlds collided. Uh, number one, my wife was pregnant with our first child uh, and was sort of craving healthier, non-alcoholic drinks. And we were also part of this nonprofit organization um, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where we were living at the time that foraged fruit from people's backyards and would then uh, sort of create jam, pie, cider, like fermented in different ways. You name it. If you could make it out of fruit, we we did it. And so that's actually <laughs> where I discovered sort of the world of shrubs mm-hmm. and the fact that these that it was sort of this really cool way of bringing together sort of acid, sweet complexity, and adding that to seltzer water made this really awesome non-alcoholic drink for my wife. So, um, I love that. Yeah. So, but, but prior to running element shrub, I had interest sort of in the food and beverage world, but no experience in products. So, uh, when my daughter was born, I quit my full-time job. Uh, I know, (laughs) <laughs> an idea, right? Good timing. Um, and just started kind of figuring it out. So, and I, I sort of told myself, if I don't do this now, like I never will. So that's yeah. kind of how we started. Yeah. In a nutshell, right. That's great. I love, yeah. I love that how it came from like you talking about wanting to have non-alcoholic drinks and now like shrubs are even more popular and like, <laughs> you're like, I've been doing this for nine years, Gabby, but <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing to see all of the, the different recipes that people have come up with and and also just like having tried yours, like how delicious they are. Yeah, and and just seeing the industry grow too, and especially the non-alcoholic, you know, ready-to-drink cocktails and spirits and and all of that has been really, really, really fun to see. So that's awesome. All right. So <clears throat> getting for into my sort of my first hard-hitting question here, Charlie. What were some of the biggest right. immediate takeaways you learned about the the grocery, the retail industry? after you entered, especially, you know, transitioning from, like you said, like not having been fully into the product side of it to then becoming a manufacturer. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a lot, lot to learn for sure. Uh, (laughs) One of the things I learned, and this wasn't, this wasn't right away, but eventually that 
the distributors are not your sales team. They are your Uber driver. Uh, and <laughs> what, what, I, what I mean by that is I think a lot of people expect, hey, once like once I get a distributor, like I'm set, like they're going to go sell the product for me and like I don't have to worry about it. But at the end of the day, a distributor is a logistics company and they get you from their warehouse to the retailer, but it's still like on you to go and sell your product. So I think that's, that was definitely uh, just the takeaway that I think is, is, was really powerful to, to learn. And one that I just wanted to share with, with those who are early on in their sort of CPG journey. Um, And then one other thing that, and again, I don't know if this is sort of specific to grocery, but it's, something that I did for the first time as a solo founder. And I know some of you guys are are out there just like me. So uh, super important to track your time early on so that you know what you're doing, you know what you're spending your time on, what, what, what what is generating a return on investment for you, and just sort of helping you understand sort of what the opportunity cost is of your time, right? And how you can outsource yeah, exactly. or kind of spend more time on the things that are generating more income. So yeah, this is a little bit off script here, but I mean Ali and I've talked about this before where, you know, Ali <laughs> sort of a solo, started out solo and she's talked about how when she realized like, you know, there were times when she was spending so much on like repetitive tasks that could have been taken over by somebody else easily, if you need to sort of like offload those tasks to somebody else, then it's important to know like, okay, this is all time that I could be spending working on the business instead of like data entry or like repetitive tasks that somebody else could do. So that's super important to know where your, you know, where your key, (laughs) sort of your key actions are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a small brand, especially as a solo founder, you know, a lot is going to be on you at the beginning and, but things are going to change over time. And so it's important to not just do this right at the beginning, but kind of constantly or consistently through your growth as a solo founder. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. So what are some of the, or what what's one of the uh, top terms that new CPG brands need to know? Like absolutely need to know when entering the retail industry. And could you give me a quick rundown of what that term means? Yeah, I mean, there is there's so many. I could write I could write a, <laughs> a dictionary of all all of the little acronyms and glossary. Um, yeah, for sure. So, I one of my favorites is I think it's really important that brands understand number one what a, a free fill is and also how to calculate the cost of it for you and your brand. So, a free fill is when you give a retailer one free case of each SKU or each one of your flavors uh, for each store. And you're essentially buying uh, shelf space. You're giving them free free product in exchange for a shelf space. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, big box retailers require this uh, depending on kind of where you are and where they are, whether it's regional or global, but um, you, when it comes to the cost, you give the case uh, to the retailer for free, but you still have to pay the distributor to deliver it. So it's more than just free. It actually um, costs you money. And it's just sort of important to both realize that sometimes in order to get into some of these big retailers, a free fill is required. And 
not only is it free from, I'm, I'm using air quotes here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <here's laughs> I know one. this is a podcast, sorry. <laughs> uh, not only is it sort of free for, for the retailer, but you also have to pay for it. So again, it just comes down to sort of understanding what you're getting into when, as, as you grow, and especially as you grow into some of these bigger, uh, either regional or global national chains. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is like, Again, that's probably like a whole nother can of worms, but just like having the awareness and knowing to sort of budget out for it. If that's like, if you know, like you want to get into a store that free fill is a norm, budgeting out for that or having like a plan B or plan C C for that. That's so important. So thank you for bringing that up. A hundred percent. That that actually leads really well into our next question, which is, so from a brand or manufacturer's perspective, what are some of the immediate technical processes that you would need to be versed in or, you know, I, so I know Ali talked about the logistical things from a buyer perspective, but what are some of the things that are standing out to you right now? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if I would call this sort of like a technical process, right. Um, but I, I think one thing that is super important is for brands to understand what their cost of goods sold is and and not just sort of like thinking that they know what their cost of goods sold is, but really like actually knowing what it is, knowing everything that goes into it, uh, including you know your own labor if you if you make it yourself, and whether whether you're sort of paying yourself to to make your product or you just understand again the opportunity cost of of your time here. It's really really important to know that so that as you grow. If you bring on a co-packer, et cetera, you understand, you know, okay, well, it cost me this much to make it myself. It's going to cost me X amount for somebody else to make it. Um, so you can sort of make a decision about whether or not that that's worth it for you. Um, and then the other thing I would say too, is that, and I guess we kind of got lucky from this perspective, but having sort of strong branding from day one definitely helps give you like more validation as a brand, I think in the eyes of the buyer and makes you look sort of like bigger than you actually are from the beginning, which is um, just, just kind of nice as you go into meetings and brands like, oh, like this is really nice. Your branding's amazing. Or like you, like <laughs> your bottles look so good. So. Yeah. yeah, that's actually, I mean, if for for anyone who's listening, if you caught last week's episode, well, at this point, last week's episode, but our episode with Ryan, Ryan is he's the founder and CEO of a uh, Smoketown Strategy, but we talked about this and how he was like <laughs> talking about branding is and especially when you do a rebrand is probably one of the most like make it or break it things that a brand can do marketing wise because it is just so important to, to you know how you present to customers, how people understand your product. So yeah, strong branding, probably one of the yeah, like you said, one of the biggest things you can do to make you know make sure that you're getting to the right customers and that buyers know, yeah, this is a great product. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, even for consumers, right? I mean, at the end of the day, right? It comes down to consumers and how your products look on the shelf and how excited people are to to grab them off the shelf, right? So yeah, that's I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was recently in again going a little bit off script here, but I was recently in a store and uh, a super cool store in in that's close to where I live, but I went in there and I was not even expecting to see brands, I mean brands that I knew, but I saw some retail ready brands and it was so fun because I was with my my friend and 
she was like, you know, deciding between different products and it, like, I didn't even mention branding and branding was the la- like the thing that was the deciding factor for her. She was like, oh, this one looks really cool. I want to try this one. So it's like seeing that in action when you see other people like make a decision between products. Um, and she did a, yeah, I love it. Which is awesome. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Just goes to show, but all right, Charlie, these are some of my final questions for today, but what are your 2022 CPG reflections? So what CPG dues are you taking from this year and which don'ts are you leaving in 2022? Mm, Good, good question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The market over the last couple of years has has been it's been tough. It's been changing a lot. I I get that that's frustrating. I hear a lot of brands that sort of feel frustrated. I hear, you know, especially on the brand and manufacturing side, you know, prices going up and the cost of making your products going up and and all of that. And that's yes, super frustrating. Um but with with all of that said, I would encourage everybody to sort of stick with the audience that that loves you the most and keep finding sort of creative ways to get your product where those customers need and want your product the most. Um, yeah, I mean, there's this there's this quote that I love from from Seth Godin uh, who says, uh, "The reason it seems your price is all customers care about is that you haven't given them anything else to care about." So. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of my it's my one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite things <laughs> to think about. And to just sort of when when brands come to me and they say, Oh, like people don't care, people say my product is too expensive or you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I like the price is yeah, price is the only factor that people are caring about when when they're like giving right. me. So then job. then what else what else can you what else can you tell them? What else can you share with them? So yeah, I thank you for bringing that <laughs> that quote up because I think Ali and I have, have talked about it, I think in in episodes before where we've had sort of like an interview style before, I think it's only been one. And we're like, yeah, like Charlie always brings this quote up and it always feels so, <laughs> like, so relevant every time. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a great quote. All right. So final question here, Charlie, do you have a favorite retail ready student win or moment from this year? Mm, good one. Good one. Uh, well, number one, I love that we ask everybody to share their wins all the time with us in retail inside retail ready i think it just keeps the community really positive and uh it's it's really really fun to see what what everybody's doing but i think one of the things i i really like the most about our retail ready community is i see a lot of people join for the first time and they are not confident they're not sure like what to do they don't know how to pitch they're like ah they're they feel stuck right and then they like this switch flips and they're super confident and they're like they're pitching buyers and they they they're like on a schedule and they're um I know they're, they're them, yeah. <laughs> doing great and they feel really good right and then th- my favorite part is that they come back to the Facebook community after that and they help and encourage the other students that are in there and just sort of remind them of like why this industry is is so fun and yes it's absolutely a roller coaster but uh <laughs> yeah exactly but there's a lot of there's a lot of fun and a lot of sort of success and wins that that we all have and so just kind of focusing even on those like little wins uh is is really fun to see inside inside our group yeah, you're so right. Like, I mean, I was just imagining this exactly as you were talking that 
I like I'm thinking about especially if we have welcome posts for new students and it's like it's so fun when we see people who've been in the group or have been in reach already for like two three four five years come in and, and welcome new people or people who might be a little bit potentially younger in their their CPG journey and then they just kind of come in and like provide all this support and this encouragement for these brands who are coming into retail ready at that stage. And, you know, they might've been in that same position a few years ago and now they're just here to, to support. And it's incredible to see that, that sort of like cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right, guys. So we wanted to keep this short and sweet. So we're going to wrap this up in just a moment, but Charlie, thank you so much for being here with me for answering all my questions. So thoughtfully, as always, as always, Charlie is always providing such great, um, responses and thoughts and insights. So thank you so much, Charlie. So guys, let us know what you thought of this episode. And if you have any particular topics we could tackle in the future or things that you want us to talk about, uh, please jump into our Food BizWiz Facebook group where we discuss Food BizWiz podcast episodes and CPG topics. And it's so fun to see brands connect over similar topics and see other brands who might be in similar stages or maybe in later stages of, of their brand. But please go ahead and jump in there and we'll include the link in the show notes. And actually, one or, one other question, Charlie. Uh, so I did do this with Ali last week, but do you have any anything you want to share about the changes coming to retail ready in twenty twenty three? Oh, yeah, good question. So i I know I know Ali talked about a couple of things. I personally am sort of just excited for more support from from us, more community, uh, more accountability, and giving students sort of access to, to, to more of that, I think is going to just feels really good to me and mm-hmm. <laughs> excited to be able to share with, with everybody. So. Yes. You guys can't see me <laughs> right now. I'm like <laughs> sitting in my chair, like, yes, like jazz hands. <laughs> so it. excited for that. All right. Again, thank you so much, Charlie. So not to be broken record guys, but it's incredible. So, so incredible and amazing to see just what happens for brands when they have access to Ali and to Charlie's expertise. And when they have such a supportive community of brands that they can participate and engage in and receive support from and also support in as well. So we would love to see you in Retail Ready and see that for you. So find more information in our show notes and we'll see you on the podcast next week for our goal planning series for the final episodes of the year. Thanks guys. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast to hear more about Charlie's journey to becoming our producer expert and his 2022 takeaways. If you want to hear more of Charlie's perspectives, you can check out his Is It Worth It Charlie series on the Food BizWiz podcast, or you can always join us in Retail Ready to receive his expert insight on your own business questions. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.